Another eventful week in the NFL, another episode of the Catch the Blitz show. What's going on, everyone? I'm Thomas Pogrenik, as always, joined by Christian Catanacci. Cat, what's going on? Ah, not bad, not bad. We enjoyed a nice little extended uh, weekend for those Canadians like us. We had our Thanksgiving weekend. Monday was nice to have off, but Tuesday back to reality, back in the studio. Enjoyed a nice weekend of football, a nice weekend of turkey. A lot of naps taken on the couch yeah. this week. Um, yeah, I'm doing great, Pac. I'm doing great. I don't know if it's the Thanksgiving, you know, all the eating, um, or it's just a tough week of of watching football for me personally. But I, you know, I kind of strolled in a little, a little more tired than usual today. But I gotta get excited. I gotta get myself going because we do have a lot to discuss today. And as as tough as a week as it was for me watching my teams, and you know. I think I lost in fantasy for the third week in a row, which oh, is always, that's not, always good. not that good. Um, but you know what? There was a lot of good stuff in the NFL. So looking forward to getting into a lot of it today. And yeah, back at it. Uh, and next on the list is American Thanksgiving. We get to celebrate both here. Yeah. And that's that Thanksgiving is way better than ours. We talked about this last week. I don't better. agree. I don't agree way at better. all. It's just, it's way too close to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In term, but I'm saying in terms of like the celebration part of it, like the, the well, football, football on, yeah. the football, and then the fact that they have like five days off, like that's beautiful, right? That's Sign true. me up. I traded for in a heartbeat. All right, let's get into some uh, some football talk, though. As always, we like to start off with a Monday night football. Crazy, crazy game last night. Yeah, Chiefs game. go down seventeen zero. They managed to win on one of the weirdest stat lines we've ever seen from a tight end, Travis Kelsey, seven catches. 25 yards, 25 yards. And four touchdowns. It was insane. Um, but the Chiefs, they didn't cover, but they got it done by one point. Uh, Josh McDaniels, who, from what I've read on Twitter, Instagram, all Raiders fans are already turning on him. Yep. I liked it to go for two, which I always think is a little bit unfair to rip on a coach because if you get it, you're the hero. Yes. And if you don't, it's, oh, we should have kicked the field goal. I'll tell you something, Raiders fans. You kick that field goal, Mahomes is just marching down the field and yeah. he's winning the game. Yeah. So, sort so yeah. of like pick your poison. I, I honestly don't mind the decision, but great game. Um, but as good as it was, it was sort of not dominated, but definitely overshadowed by one big headline that was sort of a consistent theme this week in the NFL, and that was the flags being thrown by the refs, but in particular, the roughing the passer penalties. Yeah. And, I mean, the one on Derek Carr, the more I watched it, the more it led me to believe that, by rule, that is a flag, right? And you mentioned it too off-air, that they call it consistently, right? Which they do, right? It feels like we're talking about this so often. It's like, oh, how could they call rough in the past or this, that, whatever, right? In terms of the rule that they have written, the NFL refs and the officiating crews tend to call the rule correctly based off of the rule. Obviously, there's a specific situation that we're going to get into a little bit later, but this that Chris Jones and Derek Carr, by rule, by written rule, was a penalty. You're not allowed to put your body weight on the opposing quarterback. All of your body weight, I should say, right? Obviously, I think the rule is garbage. I think the rule should be changed um, because it's just not football, right? It's... it's um, like, what do you expect the guy to do, right? Yeah. How, how, especially in that specific situation, he's going for the ball. He just, it's not like he purposely put all his weight on Derek Carr. He's playing football at the end of the day, right? Like, these guys are grown men. You're going to fall. And they, like, you can't control how your body lands on someone else's every single time, right? 
I saw I saw someone call it on Twitter yesterday. They called. They said nothing. The passer is ruining, ruining, <laughs> ruining the NFL. And I thought that was I thought that was funny because like, just the average fan. You're, you you got to talk to the average fan here. Not not every fan knows that that's the way the rules written out, right? But you're watching the game. You don't you don't know anything about the well, not anything about the rules, but you don't know the nitty gritties when it comes to actual how they're written and and how they're played out. You see that and you're like, what the hell is that? The guy's just tackling the guy. And a lot of people do think that, right? And I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's a shame because it was such a good game, but like this is suddenly the talking point, right? It's it's annoying. And um I think there's gotta be some sort of leeway, like the competition committee's gotta sort of sit down and and, and rewrite the rule almost, right? Because it's unfair for these defensive ends who already don't get much protection. We'll we'll get onto that later, but I don't know, what do you think? Like when you watch that, like you were probably pretty, pretty pissed. So like, like you said, I I know what the rule is. Yeah, and that's what I call the Aaron Rodgers rule because yeah. he broke his collarbone maybe four or five seasons ago, pretty much Anthony on Barr, a, yeah right? on that exact play. Um, and that's when they sort of changed that rule and said like, hey, uh, defensive ends, linebackers, whoever, you can't just sort of drop your whole body weight on on a quarterback. And watching Derek Carr, he fell and landed on his hand and sort of braced his whole weight of his own body on his hand plus he had chris jones who i assume is pushing 350 like that's a hard fall for Derek Carr. like he could have easily gotten hurt on that play that being said like you said what do you what do you want the defender to do so the nfl's currently in the midst of just a pr nightmare and it all started um i guess two weeks ago more so last week on the primetime game where where tua who is a quarterback Obviously, someone who has a lot of eyeballs on him yeah. got hurt in a primetime game in a very scary fashion just five days after wobbling off with a potential head injury. Yeah. So they're going to be extra cautious now and, and say what you want. You know, there are a ton of accusations of, oh, we're not calling them extra because of what happened, but they absolutely are. And it, it definitely reminded me of it last night with the car roughing the passer, but more so with that Tom Brady roughing the passer that absolutely leveled the Falcons, just completely took them out of that game. And it was almost an identical play to what happened to Tua against the Bengals. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. what The whole, I, I, I definitely do think that the NFL, the way the NFL has reacted, and it's deservingly so. Like they have to be extra cautious, just given the fact that Tua suffered that horrific head injury. Just like you mentioned, literally five days after um, he was removed from the game from Buffalo against the Bills and returned to that game as well. So I feel like this is all sort of a domino effect. Yes, they do call it often, but I feel like now they're being extra cautious. Um, just given the fact that, yeah, it's really is a PR nightmare. Like, there's going to be so many people. Well, there already was so many people calling for the NFL from all sorts of different angles. So the NFL is just covering their butts, I feel like, with these extra cautious roughing the passers. But, like, people got to understand, like Joe Burrow said, this is, it's football, right? At the end of the day, it's me and you, we don't play football. The people that are talking, they don't play football. So, so... Like, these guys sign, they, they, they know what they signed up for, right? There's a reason why these guys get paid the big bucks, right? Because yeah. they're putting their bodies on the line each and every day. Every single day, these guys put their bodies on the line. Sure, say what you want about how the quarterback gets touched now. It is, But it is what it is. Like, sure, that's a penalty. The fact of the matter is you still got a 350-pound man throw, 
falling on you, regardless if it's a penalty or not. So, like, the, more often than not, a quarterback is going to get hurt. And you saw it happen with Tua. Obviously, it was a different sort of fall, but this is just the NFL sort of covering their 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 ass, right? Like, it, it, you don't want to see your star guys go down. And the, the fact of the matter is 90% of the stars in the NFL are quarterbacks, right? So there's going to be specific rules put in to protect the quarterback. And this is just really the NFL sort of saying, look, let's protect our guys. You can't do this. And I feel like it's now become more clear just given the past two weeks what's sort of happened. And, and it, it's, had, it's been two weeks, but it seems like it's been like two months, right? Because there's been so much going on uh, since that two injury. Yeah, but, and that's the whole main thing is it's already a violent sport. Yeah. And then couple that with the fact that it's absolutely in their best interests to protect the quarterback in every single way possible. So they're they're walking a line where, oh, shoot, we had this really bad thing happen to a quarterback that looked horrible on not just our league, but on the sport in general to where people are telling him that he needs to retire at 24 years old. And then you couple that with the fact that Oh, these quarterbacks, they all get paid $40 million. They're the reason people watch games. If, if Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing last night, people aren't tuning in to, to, to watch um, whoever the Chiefs backup is, Chad Henney versus uh, Derek Carr. People aren't tuning into that. Yeah. That's why people watch football. The quarterbacks are the big names. They attract all the attention. So it's a bad rule because if you look at what the sport itself is, it's built on contact. It's built on big hits. and Built on violence. Yes. It is a bad rule, but at the same time, from a monetary standpoint, from yeah. from a business yeah. measure, I completely understand why the NFL wants to say to their big defensive lineman, "Oh, you can't touch the quarterback." Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Look, if you were running the, if you were calling the shots too, and and you're losing out a million at the end of the day, if your quarterback's not playing, you're losing out a millions of dollars of revenue. Like you kind of be, you'd be ignorant to say, "Oh no, I let these guys blow each other up." Sure, yeah, it's fun in hindsight, but. Let's say you lose Patrick Mahomes for the year. You lose Tom Brady for the year. You lose Aaron Rodgers for the year. That's going to kill ratings, right? No, like you mentioned, no one's coming in to watch Chad Henney, right? Yeah. Same with, sure, Teddy Bridgewater, but like no one's going to watch Teddy Bridgewater, even though he is one of the better backups in the league. It's just, yeah. it's just the fact of the matter is, is it's a business at the, at the end of the day. And the NFL knows where the money makers are. And that happens to be the quarterback position. Uh, sure. I'm going to keep going on. To, I'm going to piggyback on what Thomas just said. The rule sucks, right? It stinks. So look, if, if, if they want to change it, they could very easily change it. I don't think they're going to suddenly allow these quarterbacks to get blown up. Maybe they, they alter the rule a little bit and, and, and change sort of the um, whole body weight thing. But I don't even know if they'll do that because it feels like it's still super fresh since we did lose Aaron Rodgers for the year, that collarbone injury against Anthony Barr, which the rule sort of originated from. So I, I want to see how um, the sort of roughing the passer rule changes over the years, if it does at all, because I think there's there's points of it that could be sort of amended. And, and there's there's like when the quarterback gets tapped in the head, with the hand. Yeah, that's like that's kind of stupid, yeah. right? Like that could sort of change a little bit. So I feel like if there's enough pushback, which I've noticed there has been, um, maybe we can uh, or maybe we will see, I should say, a, a change in the rule. But 
until then, it's it's really just us talking. The NFL doesn't really have to li- listen to us because they're making millions of dollars regardless, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, you have to feel for the defensive players yeah, too. Um, I saw Grady Jarrett freaking out on this on the sack. Brady, Chris Jones made an awesome defensive play and got called for a flag. And everyone, especially in a primetime game, which was last night, Twitter was going crazy. Uh, Micah Parsons specifically said uh, that they want us to play like we're in the Pro Bowl. So yeah. like these guys play football their whole lives. Now they get to the big league, the big show where all the money is, and now they're being told they have to play in a different way. So you have to feel from them. In that measure, but you know that's that's the rule of the game. Yeah, it and is. <laughs> it is going to pull is. a horrible transition here. But speaking of rules, <laughs> Matt Rule <laughs> is the first one to go. We officially have our first coach fired. I can't remember last season how early the first coach was fired. I feel like it was almost Urban Meyer, and it was a little bit later five, on in the six, season. Six weeks. Is that all he lasted? I think he, it was only six weeks. Right? Did he? He won like one in five. I think it was when the video surfaced. Actually, I don't even know if he got fired from the video coming out. No, no, it was after the video. I, I, but Urban, I was for sure the first guy. Yeah, who, like, I coach feel like he was the first six. But, but regardless, this year feels pretty early for a head coach to already be let go. But that just sums up your Panthers. They've been such a disaster. Yeah, the Panthers. Um, one in four record in the games that they've lost. Never really felt like they've even put up a fight. And Baker Mayfield, who looks like he's going to miss some time now, but he's been an absolute disaster at quarterback. So tough start for a team that had some pretty high expectations, I'd well, say, yeah, going into fun. the he season. He was fired in, like, December. Oh, wow. Ur- Urban lasted a while. Yeah, 2-11. Two, two yeah, yeah, because remember the, 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 the assistant coach stuff in December 11th. Yeah, wow. So I didn't, it, that feels like... I feel like it was way earlier than that. Maybe everyone just sensed it because the wheels were falling off before. But sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just touching on rule, and it's 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 tough now when you look at the whole, like the whole experiment just didn't work out at all. And he was brought in from he turned Temple around, then he had this short stint yeah. at Baylor, which he was you know I guess pretty good, and yeah, everyone good, raved pretty, about him. Yeah. And he was he was called a program builder to come to the NFL and do that, and. It just, his philosophy didn't work out. It, it seemed like he lost the room. Um, so fresh start in Carolina for a team that I think has a lot of good young players, but who knows, there could even be a fire sale now. The direction of the Panthers is just completely a mystery. But they're still paying this guy a ton of money. 840000 a month for the next 48 months. It's, it's crazy how came in first of all seven-year contract for a guy who never coached i believe he never coached in the nfl no, never. before at least he was never a head coach in the nfl um it's, it's wild this contract i think the best position in the nfl is a fired uh, is a fired nfl yeah. head coach i would love to sit on the a- couch. eight hundred forty thousand a month for sitting on the couch yeah. you could go all golfing every day you be paid to not coach the panthers that's amazing to that's not amazing. have to deal with baker mayfield so i guess my rule is getting the last laugh here right and it seems like <laughs> I think a college team will snatch him up in a second. Oh yeah, they got, trust me. In a, a college program that needs um, some, like a sort of a rebuild from in terms of a locker room perspective, Matt Rule's look at the end of the day, he's 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 a heck of a college coach. The NFL coach, not so much, right? It's different going from from boys to to men, and I think that's what we're seeing here. And I think a lot of people are forgetting how just how. Highly touted Matt Rule. Matt Rule was like one of the number one guys in that that hiring offseason, right? Like that was the that was the year that Mike McCarthy got yeah. hired, Ron Rivera got hired in 2020. Like that was pre-COVID. Like that was a, a big 
hiring cycle, right? Um, and Matt Rule was a huge, huge name. And when he signed with the Panthers, they gave him that huge contract. Like, that was a massive, massive contract. And look, the fact of the matter is, the Panthers are, what, 1-27 in when their opponent scores over 17 points? Like, that's bad, right? That's really bad. Yeah. That's bad. So if you're... if <laughs> Like, that's... Terrific. I'm surprised I, they've won that many games with him. I think they won 11 games with him with that stat. Like, I mean, hats off to the defense for being yeah. able to hold the team but under but, 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 but the, points. But the team times. is good. The team yeah. is very good. And I think that the one thing that, that sticks out to me is with the Panthers now, and it's it pains me to say this because they're loaded with young talent. Like, their their roster is, is, is very solid. For a team that's like, quote-unquote, a dumpster fire... Um, and a team that just hasn't been able to string any sort of momentum together, the roster is very good. And now you're sitting, you're looking ahead at the 2023 draft. You only have four picks. Like, I feel like this is going to get a little bit worse before it gets any sort of better, right? Like, the Panthers' hand is suddenly going to be forced now to trade, let's say, one of these young guys with value, whether it's DJ Moore, whether it's Brian Burns. I feel like J.C. Horton's not going to get dealt. Say what you want about McCaffrey. Nobody's trading for McCaffrey. I know Panthers fans say, oh, yeah, we're going to trade him to the Bills. For what, a sixth-round pick? There's yeah. nobody trading for McCaffrey. That's just the fact of the matter. Um, and now, suddenly, you're going to have to trade one of these core guys, like Derek Brown, let's say, Jeremy Chin, even. Jeremy Chin. There's so many guys that that are suddenly going to come up in trade talks, not because the Panthers want to trade him, because they don't have any choice, right? The the fact is that they have a massive hole at quarterback, which the two most important things, one of the most important things, let's say the, the combo of a quarterback and head coach is so, so important in today's NFL. And now they have no head coach, and they have a quarterback who is somehow now... I don't even know. I, I don't even, I have no, I'm at a loss for words with, with Baker, but like you're, and that can't be fixed with just four picks, right? How is a head coach one going to come into that job and be like, oh, wow, that's, a, that's a very good, you know what I mean? That's a, that's an attractive job. It's, it's just not right. I know Sean Payton had a soundbite on the herd last night uh, or yesterday, I should say. And he was talking about the Panthers job and people took it like, oh yeah, Sean Payton's coming to Carolina. That's all he said. He was just saying how how the Panthers roster is is loaded and, and it's an attractive job in that sense. But then you look at the quarterback position and like, what are you going to do there, right? And I feel like the Panthers' hand is going to get forced here to, to trade one of these core guys. And it's going to be a shame because a team's going to get him for a sort of a steal and look back at it and be like, damn, if, if we didn't mess up that sort of higher back in 2020, I feel like the Panthers could have had a very solid team. It's it's a weird position because they have a great roster, but you also have no, like, there's no reason to feel like there's any plausible route to a short-term and long-term solution at quarterback. There's no one, it's not last offseason. There's no Russell, it's funny to say Russell Wilson because he's been a disaster, but at the time, <laughs> it is true. Though. he was touted as a big guy who was available. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers was somewhat available. Deshaun Watson, very available. There's there's nothing like that out there. In fact, Matthew Stafford, the Panthers. Remember, the Panthers were yeah, heavily. They had interested. an offer, yeah. Open. And in fact, it looks when I watch the past five Sundays, so many times I've been saying like, "Wow, there are not a lot of good quarterbacks in the no. league right now." Like it is very hard to find a good quarterback at the moment. Yeah. So 
they're in a situation where you're probably having to draft a guy. You got to assume like they're probably going to pick somewhat high, potentially in the top five this year. And then from there, it's okay. We'll see if he works out. It's a rebuild. You're two, three years away from him being comfortable in an NFL offense. Mm -hmm. By then, is your defense as good as it was today? Maybe not because a lot of those guys aren't going to be on the rookie deals anymore. You're going to have to pay some of them. Um, I don't know. It's it's such a weird balance that they have on their roster right now, and it seems tough to to fix it soon enough for them to be competitive. And they're probably going to have to bring in a new head coach. We'll see. Steve Wilkes is being handed this roster, this situation again. You have to feel for that guy because he was the Josh Rosen Arizona Cardinals head coach, and he got ousted after one year. Yeah, which is which is super unfair too. Yeah. Like that and was now he comes in and yeah, and he's going to get and judged was, yeah. on these like whatever yeah, ten years. Yeah, that's. Brutal bounce. That's like, a brutal bounce for, for so Wilkes. We'll see. I actually, you know what? I, I do think, though, that we could see sort of a situation here where, where Wilkes sort of is like the placeholder coach while they sort of handle all the other behind the scenes stuff. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Wilkes is the head coach next year. Oh, you think so? Yeah. And then they hire like a guy, let's say, in the following year, right? While the team's a little bit more sorted out. I, I don't know. It's just me. Well, do you think they're doing here. that in Houston with Lovey Smith right Absolutely. now? Absolutely. Like and then, and then year, you know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to get mad because Lovey Smith, whatever, he's going to win a few games. And Houston looks pretty competitive. They're going to fire him, and they're going to hire someone better. It, it's just the fact of the matter is they're going to do that. They're going to pair a quarterback with a head coach in, in Houston. Yeah, I could, I could probably see that happening. I think the jury's still out on on Davis Mills. Um, he's good. I don't know. Yeah, if he's, he's good. Know he's, he's not good, good enough. enough. He's not good to, enough to lead a team, especially the AFC is looking really, really competitive. And it's going to look even more competitive in the future as these young quarterbacks get older. Um, but we all know how important that head coach quarterback partnership is. Ron Rivera had some. You're very, good with these transitions today. I, I, don't, I, I mentioned I was tired coming in, but I think I've really I'm, I'm coming on as, as the show is going on. Yeah, Ron Rivera yesterday just absolutely <laughs> poor guy. I, did he man. rip his quarterback? <laughs> but then he sort of took some blame for it, like. We, we talked about Four how important wins. this is. Quarterback, head coach, not only do they need to be on the same page, but they both need to be very good to win in this league. Commanders are dead bottom in what I called the NFC least, and now it's the best division NFC in beast, never mind. Yeah, in terms of record. Um, and he was pretty much asked, why are the other teams winning, and you're not? And he said, one word, quarterback. <laughs> Way to just... Throw one guy <laughs> under the bus. Like, say what you want about Carson Wentz. I know he had another bad Wentz-type interception to lose the game this week. But his numbers, if you look at his numbers, they're not that bad. But you could also have said that last year yeah. on the Colts. We're not going to spend much time talking about the lowly 1-4 commanders, though. we got to talk about this division as a whole because the Eagles are the only undefeated team left. Your Cowboys are 4-1. I have no idea how. Without Dak Prescott. Or 4-0 without Dak Prescott. 4-1 with Cooper Rush starting. And the Giants, to me, is the biggest surprise out of all of this, are 4-1. Brian Dable, Joe Schoen are just... have, have turned the boat completely around in, in New York. Um... Which team has surprised you the most? I, I mean, I want to say I want to say that it, it's going to pay me not to say the Cowboys because, sure, I, I, I stood on this sort of seat here after Week One and I, I acted like the sky was falling. Um, I always knew that the Cowboys defense was good. I didn't know that the Cowboys defense was able to like sort of carry a team like this. So sure, it's surprising, but I am genuinely shocked 
that the Giants sit here today and are four and one. Um, I don't know if it's a strong opinion, but I actually think that the Giants might be the worst four and one team <laughs> on paper. That is yeah. on paper um, in the history of this league, right? Like their roster is dreadful. And before that soundbite gets clipped and gets posted everywhere, I will say that Brian Dayball is the far front clear favorite to win this year's um, head coach or coach of the year, I should say, um, award through five weeks, that is. The fact that he's able to string wins with with Daniel Jones and, and not only string wins, there's people now that are convinced that Daniel Jones is going to have some sort of Josh Allen type resurgence in his career and turn around to become some sort of star quarterback. Let's face it. Josh Allen is not good. Daniel Jones. Or, sorry. <laughs> Daniel Jones is not good. That, that's that's going to get somebody to post somewhere. Uh, Daniel Jones is a below average starting quarterback, well below average starting quarterback. And the fact that Brian Dayball is able to just string wins and, and, and get this team believing again is truly, truly amazing to see. Now, I do think the wheels are going to fall off at some point. I don't know if it's sustainable. I haven't taken a look at the roster here. I know Pac's got some juicy, juicy notes waiting to be said here, but I, I don't know. I don't. I just don't. I have no idea. I'm genuinely shocked with the Giants being at four one here today. I don't want to come across as a hater as well, but I, I'm, I sort of share the same feeling with you. Like, I don't think that they're <laughs> that good of a team. Like, they're maybe better than the Commanders, oh, but yeah. they're definitely not the level of the Eagles, and I don't think they're the level of the Cowboys either. So, but at the same time, you have to give credit when credit's due. I thought they were going to get killed against Green Bay on the weekend, me. and they found a way to win the game. They do have a very underrated defense with a lot of young players, similar defense to the Panthers. They have some good players at pretty much every level. A lot of them were high picks that are we're now seeing them pay off. Xavier McKinney's one of them. Phenomenal, phenomenal player, and he's having a great season. If I'm a Giants fan, if I'm a realistic Giants fan, I think you know how good your team is. I think you know we're not one of the best teams in the NFC like our record shows. And I think you're okay with that. If I'm a Giants fan, I know one thing, and you take this and you run because you know you have the guys in place. You found your GM. You found your head coach. You have two of the most important building blocks to win in the future. And if you're winning now, that's just the icing on the cake, cherry on top. You're building a winning culture in New York, which is the most, it's the single most important thing for, for an NFL franchise. So you're over the moon if you're a Giants fan. Oh, yeah. Do I think the drop-off is coming? Absolutely. But at the same time, they keep proving me wrong because they just beat the Packers. If you look at the teams they've beat outside of the Packers, I don't think any of those teams will be playoff teams. Um, and they also beat the Bears and the Panthers, who, in my opinion, are probably the two worst teams in football. You can't control who you play, though. I'm just I'm sort of playing devil's advocate because I don't want to come across as just this pure Giants no, hater, but I'm I'm being realistic. realistic. You're being realistic. I can't name two wide receivers on this football team right now. I mean, Kenny Galladay doesn't count because he's not actually <laughs> that's, playing. That's actually the worst. One of the worst. And, and Kadarius Tony um, is injured right now, and Sterling Shepard is also. But even when Kadarius Tony is healthy, who, he who are play. the wide receivers? I know. Sterling Shepard's are tour too. They, yeah. they have nobody. They have Davis Stills, 
the the fifth. It's incredible. It's incredible that they're winning games with this I roster. Know. And what you said about Daniel Jones, I don't believe in in a in a high ceiling from him. But Brian Dable's making him look serviceable in a heavy, heavy led Saquon Barkley offense, who's just found his rhythm here and looks like the player we all thought he was. So. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's 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 impressive. Um, Daniel Jones is almost like Cooper Rush, just with legs. I feel like that's yeah. sort of the same vibe that I get with between the two quarterbacks. Um, but look, Brian Dayball is is in his first month as as an NFL head coach is like he's succeeding with with flying colors. This dude is doing a fantastic, fantastic job. And I saw him yesterday. After did you see what he was doing to the crowd? Oh, he was he was fired, fired up. up. He was fired up. The blokes in the in the crowd there, they were loving it. The, I actually that's another thing too. Like. English chants, they gotta, they we gotta See, get them. We I've, gotta get I've them. wanted them to come to North American sports. I, I'm a big like English uh, soccer fan, football, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think like North American fans, I love like when I went to the, the Miami game a couple weeks ago. The atmosphere was amazing. Yeah, to me, it's it's just a different level in Europe. Like yes. the chants are awesome. Oh, that's amazing. I I saw that video. I I woke up eight thirty uh, Sunday morning, getting ready to make it a coffee. I just sit down on the couch, pull up my computer. The first thing that comes out on Twitter is is the the Giants uh, cheese uh, <laughs> cheese chat that was going on. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. So I, maybe that's why, hey, maybe that's why the Giants won. You never know. They had the power of the Brits. They were just flying colors. But hey, Brian, Brian Dayball, Joe Schoen, and you know what? He, like even the Giants players, like Saquon Barkley is running like a man on a mission. Their defense is playing very well. And the fact of the matter is, the head coach can only do so much. The players got to win at the end of the day, and they are. Look, I know I called them the worst four-one team on paper and that I've ever seen. I still believe that. Um, but credits do when when credits done. Like right, like the Giants have 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 really turned heads, and and a lot of people. If if there's people that sit here and go like, oh yeah, I knew the Giants were going to be four and one, you're lying to yourself, right? Sure, they're the schedule hasn't has been favorable um early on in this year but a win's a win right at the end of the day when you're when you look back at the end of the season and you look back at the record you don't go oh yeah that they beat uh, the panthers in in week two right you just gotta win right that's, yeah and, and i think that's the thing that's the, the big, most important part i mean schedules are pretty similar for your teams yeah. in division obviously the giants i believe they're dealing with a fourth place schedule right now which helps a little bit um, but talking about their schedule, you said a drop-off is bound to come. And I don't know, I might have to warn you that the schedule doesn't get much harder than, than what they face now. Read it next next, next week, they play the Ravens okay. um, at home, though. But coming back from London, no bye week. You have to think that that might be a loss. But then you got the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Lions. That could potentially be four wins right there. Four very, very winnable games. They'll probably be favored in all four of those games. Yeah. They could be sitting eight and two <laughs> through ten weeks. Yeah. And then they go... And they still have the Commanders they go, twice. They go Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts. Eagles. You know Even what? This, this team actually home. could make the playoffs. I think they could win nine, ten games. Yeah. And I don't... And I'll, I'll, I'll sit here. They can win nine, ten games. And I'll still feel like... They'll probably get skunked in the playoffs. Yeah, Who knows? I mean, like like maybe Dable can improve the roster. I'm I'm very much buying into the future stock of the New York Giants. Absolutely, I'm not 
confident that they're a good team right now. Absolutely. I, and I, I think that's fair. I don't think that makes me a hater. 100%. No, it's not a hater. And I've said that too in, to, to multiple people. I said that, look, the time for the Giants is coming. I, I don't think it's now. I actually believe... I'm pretty high on the Giants going in the future. I, I, Dab, Dayball was my number one... I was When I was on the fire Mike McCarthy train last year, there's two coaches I wanted to replace him with. Mike McDaniel and Brian Dayball. Nobody else. That's it. And... Um, I think he's showing why so many people were, were so highly touted for him. And, and um, the future of the Giants is is in very good hands. You give this team a couple of years, give Joe Schoen some time to work the magic with the roster. This is suddenly a good to very good football team. Like new, the f- football in New York, um, is specifically for the Giants, it's definitely going to be back. All right, let's chat quickly about the two other NFC East teams that are also at the top of those standings because they actually play each other next week. Your Cowboys on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. Say what you want. Good matchup, whatever. The Bills and the Chiefs not on Sunday Night Football. To me, is a crime, but I get it. The Chiefs just got a primetime game last week. I'm surprised the Broncos aren't on Sunday Night Football, but hey, they're on Monday Night Football because, yeah. hey, let's put, those, let's put that team on primetime every single week. Um, but Cowboys and Eagles this week. I don't think Dak is going to be back. Uh, is that a fair assumption? I don't know. I don't know if he, I don't know if it's fair. I, I was trying to read uh, some of Jerry Jones's uh, Tuesday morning oh. uh, radio notes, and he was saying that they're here. I'll pull up the quote right now. Um, he said something about how he's ready, but he doesn't know if he can spin a ball. Something like that. I don't know. Whatever. I'll read it in the Jerry Jones. I'll do my best Jerry Jones impression here. Oh, here gosh. he goes. He goes. Can he spin the ball coming off of the fractured thumb medically? The injury is improving, but Wednesday will begin the process to see if he could spin the ball. That's pretty good, no? Uh, probably bad. When I when I look over it, it's probably probably horrific. But hey, look, Jerry Jones said it himself. Can he spin the ball? I'm hoping that Dak can play in this game because I genuinely think that Cooper Rush is not going to be able to beat the Eagles. Um, just... I don't know the way the Eagles are playing right now. You can't. You're not going to be able to win the game with with a quarterback throwing 91 yards. So I'm praying that Dak's going to be back. And as we get later on in the hammer segment, my pick is riding um, on the fact that Dak's going to be back. So, um, but yeah, hey, look, the Cowboys are surprising so many people. Surprising me in general. Um, this defense is just like it's it's fantastic, right? I I don't think there's um, any other word to sort of describe the way that this defense is, is, is flying off. And and the Eagles as well. Like, the Eagles didn't play nearly as good as the game that they're capable to um, against the Cardinals yesterday, or Sunday, I should say. And um, they, they still find a way to win, right? And and I think that's the most important part with, with, with pretty good teams. Like, good teams struggle, right? Like, the, and, and if a game's in... They're, they can drop some games. But I feel like the Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles are really showing people that they're a very, very good team, even borderline great team, just because they're finding ways to win. Even when they don't have it, they're still finding ways to win. And I think that was the best example that they showed um, against the Cardinals on Sunday. It was, they didn't have much going for them. And they had to, they had to battle it out and they found a way to win that game. And, and hey, the NFC beast, NFC least last year. I'm not calling them that. 365 days later, NFC Beast. I think the the NFC East will finish like when you combine. Actually, I'm not even going to say this because I just <laughs> said the Giants are going to win 10 games. And I know that they're going to win that many games with that cupcake schedule. 
Um, I'm glad you brought up Cooper Rush's passing yards because I just wanted like let's say let's say what's really going on here. I know he's some media darling. Everyone loves to oh, it's after every crazy. win. It's oh Cooper Rush undefeated as a starter. Cooper the memes of Dak not getting his job back. Say what you want about Dak Prescott. He's a top at least. Even if you're a Dak Prescott hater, he's a top 15 quarterback. I'd probably put him in the top 10. He's a very talented passer. Cooper Rush is not the reason they're winning these games, but you have to give him credit because he's yes. doing what he needs to do, and the coaching staff is building a great game plan around him, and the defense is playing. They're the best defense in the NFL right now. Them and the 49ers, for me, are one and two. But it was funny that they played against the Rams because when I was watching the game on Sunday, I was like, I've actually watched this game before because Tua's first ever game was against the Rams, and the Dolphins destroyed them. And Tua was, I have a stats right in front of me. He was 12 for 22, 93 passing yards and a touchdown. His first ever NFL game. And that's who I would compare Cooper Rush to. That's sort of his skill level. The caliber of someone's, you know, he's new. He's just new in this league. He doesn't know how to, you know, slice defenses in the air. So they've built a, a real good game plan. Miami had a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown, as well as a turnover that pretty much set up the offense within five yards. Just similar. So, the defense just dominated. They were It was Jared Goff at the time. They were all over him all day. I think they had seven, eight sacks. And it was very similar to watching Matthew Stafford drop back and just being met by Parsons, Lawrence, and my favorite guy, Odigizua up oh, there. I think he's top three name in the NFL. Him and CJ uh, Uzama. Anything with a Z in it, I think I, I throw it in the top. But Cowboys defense is playing great right now. Um, it should be a good one. Is it in Philly? Philly this yeah, week? it's in the link. So I, I would probably give the edge to Philly, but hey, Cowboys are thriving as uh, as underdogs this year, and I think that that brings us ready to go for the hammer for this week. And unless you have any more notes about your Cowboys, the hammer, my favorite segment of the week, baby, my favorite segment. I'm two two and zero again. Two and zero. So we have an announcement to make. Um, I I never thought I'd say this, but I actually picked the loser this week. Yep, and they won. The team won straight up which, of course, I was right. Um, the Ravens, favored by three, and they won by two points. So that was a tough, bad beat. I'm now 5-1 and one on the year, which means Cat is tied with me. But combined, we're 10-2, and two, which is very, very impressive very betting impressive. against the spread. Very impressive. Almost as impressive as, you know, the BetStamp app in itself. Let me tell you a few things about that. BetStamp app is fantastic for line shopping. The best app there is out there. You'd be crazy to not have it downloaded on your computer, on your phone, whatever app, whatever phone, whatever computer you use, you need the BetStamp app. Trust me, one, because I'm there, I have my picks, I post my picks for free. I'm 23 and nine on the year. I'm fantastic. You want to make a lot of money, you know, mortgage with me. Um, Pac's favorite term. But the BetStamp app is fantastic. If you download it, use code CTB, you are getting robbed. If you are betting, if you are a betting guy and you bet with one specific sports book, you're getting robbed. I'm telling you that right now. You have no idea the line variance from sports books to sports books. Um, it's fantastic what the BetStamp app can show you. With that being said, time to hear guaranteed locks here. These are guaranteed winners. Um, don't even think twice. Take it to the bank. These are not guaranteed. 4-0 this week. Mark my words right as here. As good as I am, these are not guaranteed. But I wanted to say a quick thing about the BetStamp app because I experienced it firsthand this week. The Chargers... Um, on one book, a buddy of mine had them, I think, minus two and a half. On the BetStamp app, you could have gotten them for plus one and a half because that's what I picked them on the yes. show this week. 
They only won by two. So there, that's like he literally would have won his bet if he just had shopped on, on the Betstamp app. Um, so make sure you download that. Use code CTB. Bolshev with the hammer. I got the first pick this week. Um, I'm gonna go with. I think we've both said this before. We love to look at trends in betting. It's the best. Um, one of my picks is heavy, heavy trend based. My other one is. It's so uncharted that it's almost a trend itself because Patrick Mahomes has never been in this position in his career. He's never, ever, ever been an underdog at home, and I think that's a mistake. The Bills are favored right now, um, and you can get the Chiefs at plus three on the Betstamp app. They're plus one and a half on most other books. I love that. Give me the field goal. I would probably take the Chiefs in this game if they're favored because I still think at home... They'll take down the Bills. So give me the Chiefs plus three. That's my first pick pick of the week. You know what, Pac? I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback you here. I know we don't we don't uh, we have an unwritten rule on this show that you can't take the same pick. But I am not taking the same pick. I'm gonna take the Chiefs money line. I'm gonna take them at plus one thirty five at North Star Sportsbook. If I can get the Chiefs at plus one thirty five, you're telling me if I I'm gonna make more money on the plus at home against the Bills. Patrick Mahomes is three and one against the Bills. What is this? Does Vegas not look? Come on, give me the Chiefs money line plus one thirty at North Star. Pretty good. We're all we're heavy on the Chiefs. I mean, they let me down. I liked the minus seven last night. Um, let me down, but hey, they easily could have won that game by more if it, if it wasn't for such a slow start. But you got the money line. I got them plus three. That's on Bet ninety nine. Pick number two. I mentioned it was going to be trend heavy. This is an interesting one. The Colts and the Jaguars meet for already the second time this season. The Jaguars blew out the Colts in week two. The Colts look like one of the worst teams in the NFL. You might be thinking I'm crazy to pick Indy to win this week. They're one and a half point favorites. And that is on, let me see the book here. Proline Plus. They're one and a half on Proline Plus. You might think I'm crazy doing that. No. The home team has won this matchup. Not just, you know, a couple times in a row. 10 straight times since 2017 every single time these teams have played the home team has won indy's at home it's only one and a half points i like them there give me them hey buck you know what that's a trendy post i like it i like it to pick i it's it's good it's a lock like i said we're going four and over here and the fourth pick of the show the final pick to to cap off a beautiful four and a week i'm already i'm picturing it ahead looking at the bankroll it's gonna be all green I'm going with the Cowboys plus five and a half against the Eagles at FanDuel. Look, this could be Dak Prescott dependent because he is seven and three. He owns the Eagles. He's the father of the Eagles. Um, Dak Prescott, a.k.a. father of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Cowboys outscored Philly 92 to 47 in the two games last year. I know the Philly Eagles got incredibly better, but let's be real. The Cowboys defense improved a little more. So look, these teams are suddenly even five and a half is a lot of points. I think this game is a field goal either way. So I'm taking the Cowboys here. If Dak plays, they're winning guaranteed. If Cooper Rush playing, they're losing by three, right? That's just the way it's going to go. Um, and yeah, that's locking it up here. The Hammer, my favorite segment of the week, 4-0, like I said, guaranteed. If you want guaranteed picks, you come to the CTV show every single week. 4-0 every single bull, week. Bull to Gar- bull the guarantee. Guaranteed. Gar- hey, we're 10-2, we're and two, so it's been a good year so far. It's been a good start, but we got we to gotta keep this going. And we got we got heavy stock in the Chiefs, and you're I think you're really relying on Dak coming back. Yeah, I'm, Jerry Jones is seeing if he can spin the ball. I'm going to come here on Tuesday morning of next week with my Jerry Jones impression after the Cowboys beat the Eagles, 
And Dak Prescott spins the ball for four touchdowns and, and owns the Eagles like always, right? I'm wishing your Cowboys the best of luck because I never like to have to hear you complain when they lose on this show. Um, but I really hope that the Jerry Jones impression was just a one-time thing for the show. It's not a reoccurring, not a reoccurring segment that we do. So hey, it's my favorite part of the show. I think I actually think I genuinely think that might have been the best Jerry Jones impression on the internet. I've never heard a Jerry Jones impression before, so I guess I have to agree with you and, and, and give you that title. Um, but hey, Sunday Night Football, big stage. You, your team's on Sunday Night Football this week. The Dolphins are on Sunday Night Football the week after that. So exciting times We got some, right some primetime. What's the Thursday Night game this week? Oh, oh, okay. oh I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the, the bad boys from Chicago, the Bears, going up against the Washington quarterback commanders. That's what I'm calling them right now because... The guy who's commanding their ship, their head coach, <laughs> just absolutely hates the quarterback that he chose. Oh, that's bad. Um, so as, yeah. as if last week's game could get any worse. It, I think this game, I don't know. I, I, I was going to say it's going to be worse, but I don't think you can actually get worse than, than what we saw last week. But this game might be worse because last week was so, so bad that it had all of Twitter, all of social media jumping in and, and clowning the Broncos, which is my favorite thing to do. Um, so this week, I think it just might be like one that no one's even watching. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I, uh, no, I can't. I can't do that because then I have to drop my whole my whole fantasy team. But I was going to say that if if my if my hammer doesn't go two and zero, I will start the entire Commanders fantasy line fantasy uh, offense in my fantasy matchup uh, the following week. But it's impossible because I'm going to have to drop everyone. So unfortunately, maybe if I can find a way to do it, I'll do it. But don't get your hopes up. The Washington Commanders and. The Bears, wow, it's a brutal game. Can't believe I said that. Um, but yeah, that's that's wrapping up the show here. Um, don't forget, if you're downloading the BetStamp app, use code CTB. And if you don't download it, don't even bother talking to us because, like, <laughs> it's just, like it's a life saving app, and you're you know what I mean. If if you don't care enough to download the BetStamp app, then look, me and you can't be friends. So uh, that wraps up the show here. Um, October tenth, Tuesday morning. It's eleventh. Today's the eleventh. Is it the eleventh? Yeah. Wake oh up. wow. You know what? The, the, the Thanksgiving weekend, just uh, still a little bit hammered on cranberry uh, sauce and, and some turkey, right? But and some like pumpkin, cranberries and or, some pumpkin, or, uh, or gravy? pumpkin pie. I'm not a gravy guy at all. Really? No. I like cranberry sauce too, but uh, I don't know what I would choose. Is pumpkin pie the best pie? Apple pie. I like apple pie too. I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't honest. like pumpkin either, but my girlfriend makes a freaking heck of a pumpkin pie. I'll tell you that much. Maybe I'll have to try it. Yeah, not, it's not really good. pumpkin. I'm pie. a brownie guy though. I, no, I'm a tiramisu connoisseur i don't like tiramisu either you're 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 a knockoff italian but you don't like tiramisu <laughs> no it's it's the one like okay I don't, it's not that i don't like it it's it's not bad but i wouldn't be like oh i need to have tiramisu like, so what's your go-to dessert probably pie interesting interesting hey you know what my go-to dessert is a molten lava cake a little too chocolatey for me to it is honest. very chocolatey but you need to have you need to have a complimentary vanilla ice cream next to it i like vanilla ice cream i thought you were gonna say milk i was gonna say i don't like milk either you don't like so, milk no like oh. a glass of milk like i'm not gonna drink that i like it but it doesn't stock nice like to I'll, me after i'll just have cereal that's it it's the yeah. only time i'll have milk yeah what cereal uh, i don't know american cereal by the way is way better than canadian it's all cereal. the sugary stuff yeah i, I I'm, I'm still like a little child with the cereal that i eat yeah. I'll, I'll say like, that like what like, do you get like, like, like lucky like, charms like cocoa puffs no not yeah. lucky charms but i'll eat like all that chocolate cokey, stuff. Cokey, cocoa puffs is good my favorite my favorite um cereal is american corn corn pops 
The ones they have uh-huh. here, they don't have the glaze though. Like the glaze, no. they, oh, in the states they're glaze. No oh no, they are different. I'll, I'll bring it proof. When I when I go to when I go to Florida next time, I'll bring it. We'll do a taste test live on the show. But hey, that's that's it. October 11th. Thanks for Pac for um, um, you know, editing my uh, mistake there. October 11th, Tuesday morning. We'll see you guys next Tuesday after we go four and zero in the hammer, and after the Cowboys beat the Eagles, it's gonna be a fantastic, fantastic Tuesday morning. All right, we'll see you then. (laughs) Hopefully that'll happen. (laughs) Take care, guys. Thanks for tuning in.